This is the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Chris. In this chapter, I get to ask Chase about a practice that most wouldn't consider to be a spiritual discipline, and that's his practice of writing. Because over at the Pastor Writer Podcast, he gets to talk to writers and pastors from around the world and learn from their experience of how their practice of listening to God in writing down their experiences has influenced their life. So I really wanted to take a moment and ask him about the things that he's learned from them and how writing has impacted his walk with Christ. Chase, it sounds like you've come up with a lot of really great stuff. You, you've gleaned a lot of great wisdom, and it's spoken to your life um, from this story of Samson. I want to see transition a little bit and talk a, about the process that you went through writing this story and learning it. Because for most people, writing isn't something that they aspire to do. We had to do it in school. It was very painful. Most people have a bad taste in their mouth. And, um, and that was me for the most part. I'm not a naturally born or gifted writer. Um, but I've kind of developed a love for it through seminary. And um, I'm by no means a, uh, what I consider to be a good writer, but I'd like to become better. And uh, I think you have, you have a, let me first mention before we get too much further, you have a podcast platform that, that you've launched called The Pastor Writer, where you interview um, pastors who also aspire to write and to um, publish meaningful work. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about your process in writing and how, how have you developed in that? and persevered. And so what was it like to, to write this Samson story? Was it, I imagine it was very difficult for you to, to learn and go through these lessons. Yeah, well, probably a good place to start is to say that, um, like you mentioned of yourself, I, I've not thought of myself as a writer for most of my life. Um, I When you interview authors on the podcast, one of the things that a lot of times they'll say is, you know, I knew since I was an early child, I love stories, I love writing, I knew writing was a part of who I was, and that has not been my experience. Um, in middle school, I uh, got, we had a tragic accident um, with a, uh, a sitting governor in Missouri when I was in eighth grade, and I got assigned by our eighth grade newspaper to cover the funeral. And I wrote what I'm sure was an a terrible <laughs> coverage of that funeral. And I got it back uh, from the editor for the school newspaper, the, one of the teachers, and she hadn't published it. And, and to her defense, probably rightfully so, I'm sure it was that bad. But she wrote at the top of it, to modelin, which I had no idea what that word even meant. And so I went to her and said, I'm not sure what, what to do with this. And she said, well, I would look it up in a dictionary. And I'll give her the benefit of the doubt that she had a different dictionary than I had, because the dictionary said, um, the first line I always remember was, stupidly sentimental mental or so fooled with emotions, possibly from something about alcohol, too much alcohol consumption. And so uh, uh, what happened in eighth grade, which I did not like go home crying about this or upset because my dream was dashed. I sort of very matter-of-factly determined, okay, writing must be something I can't do. This is not in my skill set. So I moved on. Uh, so that was the case. I just never thought I, I pursued pastoral ministry and really came to, to care a lot about speaking and improving as a speaker and just writing was not a part of that equation. Until uh, early on in pastoring, I just felt like when I would preach, 
I wasn't saying things as clearly as I wanted to say them. And so I started manuscripting my sermons, which was an odd decision. I know everyone's moving in the opposite direction of that. How do I preach with no notes? But for me, especially early on, I just knew I want to say some of this a certain way. I want to say it well. I want to say it. What would happen is I'd be preaching and uh, I would I wouldn't be getting the reaction maybe from the crowd that I thought. And so I'd start feeling a little insecure and then I'd say it another way and then try to say it again. And uh, probably I just needed to trust they were getting it and continue moving on. But I just didn't trust myself well enough at that time. And so I started manuscripting. So I would write out my sermon, usually, you know, somewhere between three and for maybe 4,500 words every week. And through that, one of the things that happened is I started to really fall in love with the process of writing. And again, I think I may have tricked myself into it because I wasn't hitting publish. I wasn't printing it out or trying to put it in a book. I was speaking it still. But what I started to develop was I, I liked being able to say things a certain way or communicate it a certain way or paint certain images in my sermons. And so through that, I started to reconsider and sense, of course, books have always been important to me. I've always loved reading. And so I started to sense that maybe this was something I wanted to practice outside of the sermon as well. And so um, I, I started writing. I wrote, I've written quite a bit, honestly, that I've never shared or published. And I still have a tendency to write or work on blog posts, sometimes for months, and then sometimes never publish them. Because one of the things that happens is as soon as you say a writer or publishing or a book, um, everyone sort of says to themselves, like I did, that's not my skill set. I'm not good at that. I didn't get a good grade at some point. It's too hard. And so we sort of shut the whole thing down. But what I've found is writing has been an unbelievable discipline to help me clarify my own thinking and to force me to deal with parts of who I am or how I think about myself, articulating my calling and understanding it. To think those thoughts is one thing, but to force yourself to put it down, to write it, to figure out the right way to say it, it's just given me so much clarity. And so through that, I started sensing, okay, with what I was experiencing in my own life and what I was experiencing through the study of Samson's life, that there was something here that was bigger than just myself. And honestly, when I first started, I had no idea. I didn't know what I had. I didn't know how far I would get. I just started working on it and uh, stuck with it. I wrote for probably about six months and then probably another four to five months worth of revisions. Um, I hired a professional editor to work through that as well, too. And through it, I've just I've come to really love the process. It's incredibly hard. But again, the, the gift that it gives this ability to really understand what you think and to figure out the right way to articulate it has been an area that's helped me in so many parts of my life. How would you suggest, uh, just kind of a, as, a, as an easy takeaway from that, what can uh, everyday Christians do who aren't maybe familiar with a writing process or even how to go about starting? How can, how can Christians start to practice using this kind of a, a skill to develop spiritually? You guys do a good job with this, and Chris, I know as you talk about journaling as well, sometimes um, for me, the word journaling would always sort of freak me out a little bit. I, uh, I I never thought of myself, like the idea of sitting down with like my leather journal and like writing my thoughts sort of stream of conscious, it just felt... I don't know. It was not me. It didn't feel like something I would, I could try it once or twice, but then that was it. But I, um, I think for, uh, if you could remove the word and also, so then you go like, okay, I'm going to write a blog online. We'll hold off on that for a second too. So, um, I think the discipline of writing my sermons 
some of that got cut. Some of it didn't make it. I also did some writing about particular subjects. I think that's what helped me get past the journaling thing. It wasn't just sort of, what am I feeling today and what happened today? But I would say, okay, what was that event in my life? Or how would I articulate that particular point I found in scripture? Or why was that meaningful to me? And forcing myself to write that out in, in a coherent sort of structured way um, had more benefits than just what it produced at the end. And some of it I never did anything with other than take away with me. Uh, I I think, Chris, as you were talking about starting to enjoy writing in seminary or in school, I think that's probably what you're referring to. It's not so much, look at this thing that I have now, right, this book or this paper, this essay. It's really, I now feel like I'm more able to to own that knowledge because I've articulated it myself. I've thought it through from a deeper place than just facts, right, that I've memorized for a test. But uh, this has become a part of my thinking, a part of who I am. So I would say um, if journaling is working for you, great, keep doing it. If it's not, just change the word and say, how do I write How do I write about this passage of Scripture? Or Sunday when I heard that sermon, there was that particular point that meant something to me. I'm going to open up a Word doc or my notes app, and no one's going to read it, so who cares? I'm just going to try to get down in writing? How do I think about that? Why is that important to me? Uh, why did that resonate with me? And why is that true or not true of how I'm living? Yeah, one of my favorite quotes, I guess, about writing that, that really helps me kind of get over that anxiety when, you know, you sit down and you feel like you have something to say, but, you know, you, all the anxiety comes up and you talk yourself out of it, is, um, I don't know what I think until I write it. And so I say that to myself and it kind of gives me the courage to go ahead and, and, and to do those things. Because I think I know, you know, we all think we know what we think. Otherwise, we wouldn't think it. hey oh, Yeah, that's right. That's what you come to the podcast for, that kind of uh, wisdom right there. Um, but we often take it for granted because, like, what you may have in your head, you might think that you have something, like, really well articulated and well thought out until you try to write it. And you realize really quickly how deficient your thinking is or your argument was or how illogical it was. And so I think it gives you really good objectivity to be able to write something down. Now, the other, the other shoe on that foot is you've got to have something to say, I feel. And so sometimes I get really frustrated. Like I have a thought, but I don't really have anything to say. And that's where... I like your suggestion. Don't worry about what it's called journaling. But that's where I find journaling to be most helpful because I need to write. I need to get it out of me, right? Sometimes it's just burdensome on yourself. And so I think the practice for everyday Christians for writing could be helpful just to simply get things out. And then if it becomes something, you know, if you develop the thought and it becomes something you have to say later, then that's great. But don't put those expectations on yourself, you know, before you've even gotten started because like you're talking about, Chase, the discipline of writing has a lot of benefit for yourself, even if nobody else sees them. Well, and most people think the moment I write, I've got to publish. And I think if you can get that out of your head, which good advice, if you wrote it today, don't publish it today. Let it sit. Come back to it. Uh, you need distance from it. Uh, but one of the things you, you pretty quickly find out is uh, when you come back to this thing, when you let it sit, your thinking evolves. It clarifies. You start to understand, do I actually believe that? And and maybe the big secret, I mean, go to your bookshelf, pick out your favorite author, your favorite book. The truth is that what is in that 
that book is not what that author wrote. It's what they wrote and then revised and revised and revised. I mean, sometimes I think the current iteration of the book on Samson is probably something like its seventh or eighth full revision. So nobody sees, nobody's read, nobody's ever seen but me what I first wrote because most of it needed a lot of help. Some of those points didn't make it in because they didn't need to. They weren't right or they weren't fully fleshed out and some of them just weren't clear. So there's no, um, if you can get yourself past that insecurity, no, no one's going to read it. No one will ever read what you originally wrote. Now, if you want someone to, you can revise it. You can change it. You can rewrite it. You can cut. You can continue to work on it until it's to a point where you feel like it is ready for someone to read. But if you can get to that point, which all writers, that's how the process works, then it really frees you up to say, okay, I'm just going to do this. There really aren't nearly as many expectations. And probably if you were really honest, the expectations that are there in that moment are really just insecurities. And if you track those insecurities deep enough, they're probably just a little bit of these identity desires we've been talking about, right? Um, I'm really more interested in being a writer than actually writing, or I'm really more interested in uh, the, the image of what a writer or writing life or an evening writing by the fireplace would look like than I am actually the discipline of sitting down and doing it. I don't have a fireplace, by the way. So Yeah, that's a good... I thought you did have a fireplace. <laughs> I do, but we've never you had the chimney it. inspected, so I've yet to light a fire in it. And it's not in my office, so therefore I couldn't yeah. write next to it. And, you know, by the time you got settled in to have that wonderful experience, um, your day would be bombarded with two small children climbing and yelling, jumping all over you. So um, yep. it's not, you know... <laughs> And and back to Samson, like just those are my first commitments, right? Like that. That's the like I, I don't ever want the I want to be a writer calling to sort of the dream of that to overwhelm what I what God actually has given me as my identity. So yeah, we joke, but I totally agree. So that's keeping the perspective on it is really important. Hey guys, Chris here from Daily Growth Discipleship, and I just wanted to take a minute and tell you about one of the most important spiritual disciplines I think you should be engaged with. And that's the discipline of journaling. Now, for some people, journaling seems to be that skill that you either love it or you hate it. And for a long time, I was the kind of guy that wanted to do it, but I hated actually writing. And that's because I never could seem to be consistent with it, or I would be staring at the blank page with nothing to write. But I knew journaling had a lot of really good benefits and I wanted to enjoy those. But two things that I think are the most important aspects of journaling that have really helped me be able to stay consistent with that. Number one, I think journaling helps you see what God is doing in your life. As you sort of write down the rhythms and routines of the day, you can look back over your journal months or even years later and see how God was at work in your life. The other thing that I love about it is it causes you to pause for a moment and listen to God. One of the things we often are all looking for is how to hear the voice of God more in our lives. And when we condition ourselves to stop every morning, every evening and say, God, what do you want me to be for the day? We begin to learn to tune into his presence and listen for his voice. And believe it or not, All of that can come through the simple discipline of journaling. And with the Daily Growth Journal, it only takes five to 10 minutes. There are just six questions each day that are targeted at specific areas that will help you grow in the Christian life. So if you guys haven't checked that out, Daily Growth Journal, you need to go and check it out. But regardless, please begin this 
important discipline of journaling to see what God is doing in your life. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. If you want to stay up to date on all that's happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Spotify.